Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. And I'm Ian. And on this episode, we are going to talk about some uh, thinking, doing, playing board games, of course. And uh, Ryan, why don't you tell us this topic? Well, we're just going to pick and pass around the table because we're going to talk about our favorite drafting games for our mechanics series. Yay! Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award, presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going straight into our favorite little banter segment of doing, thinking, playing board games. And uh, Ian, start us off with with like the 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 granddaddy, the great great granddaddy. <laughs> okay, so I got a call from my sister the other day. So she lives in Lethbridge, and so I haven't seen her for a while. And she's got two boys, seven and four. And so the seven-year-old, she tells me that she just found out that he's been playing chess and that he loves chess. And so could I play chess with him sometime? So I say, well, obviously, of course, I'd love to play chess with him because I haven't seen him in I don't even know how long. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, I told her to set him up an account on BGA and we opened up a few chess games. And Right on. Yeah, it was awesome. He was uh he's so into it. <laughs> and he was he's good. Like he knows all the moves and he he knows how the pieces move. He he knows exactly what to do. All I have to do is give him little hints. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, I see it, I see it. And then he'll he'll do it. Like he's still not he's still not at the strategy where he can plan uh like real checkmates yet, right? So yeah. that's what I'm I'm trying to teach him now. And what so age again, to- sorry? He's seven years old. Oh, I mean, like the abstract, like, like physically the abstract part of his brain hasn't even developed yet. So, I mean, the fact that at seven, he's making sense of the interconnectedness of all these moves is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, this is the kid that's obsessed with curling. (laughs) (laughs) He's a massive curling fan. And he, he has been since he's been like three or four. Which and is so, like literally chess on ice. It is. Yeah, he's a, he's a neat kid. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun getting back into the game again with him. So, yeah, I've been enjoying it. Cool. And uh, I, I, Ryan, should we ask, did you lose? You know what? I did lose once. <laughs> 
And you probably was it, was, proud it, of it. was it on purpose? Well, it was it was me teaching him, right? I'm, I was trying to get him to set up a checkmate, right? So I was walking him through how to how to win. But <laughs> yeah, cool. Right on, um, uh, Ryan. Yeah, my well, my game that I'm going to talk about here is um, pretty. Ch- it's now we've been playing it two players, so it's kind of chess like. Yeah, and uh, so I'm going to talk about Renature. And this is the latest um, Kramer and Kiesling published in North America by Capstone Games. And this is part of Capstone Games is uh, what they refer to as the simply complex lineup of games. Um, other games in this lineup are uh, the a climbers. game called The Climbers yeah. and um, The Estates. And I think, Ian, I think you and Kim played The Estates isn't with us the, once. Isn't Chinese Zodiac yeah, we did. another one on the uh, Simply Complex? Chinese Zodiac's kind of on, it, it, it's in a weird limbo because I don't think Capstone has the rights oh. to that game anymore. So I don't think it's involved part of that. We don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> so what you're doing in Renature is it's kind of, it's a dominoes-like game. <laughs> Ian looks absolutely ridiculous. If you could see it right now, folks, on uh, if we were live, I'm Ian proud of him though. He's I am to proud of him. Audio. I know. Trying to cut down the echo because it's so echoey in this room. He's uh, just so people understand what we, we got distracted by is in in the Zoom call. We could see Ian has it's it's got a blanket on him. Uh, so it doesn't have room echo, and it he's, looks like he's, he's it looks sipping like he's beer, sipping beer, a, sipping beer under a blanket. Yeah, it looks you like betcha. he's broadcasting from a tent. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got, it's got us off the rails. All right, so <laughs> simply complex Re- line. Yeah. Okay, so Renature is a dominoes like <laughs> game, but uh, you're not you're not using like the you're using the dominoes in their traditional effect, like where you have to match up sides. Like in, instead of pips and values, there's um animals on these damn, uh, damn dominoes is what I was going to say there. <laughs> a little, uh, and, but uh, at its heart, actually, this is it's an area control game where once you place down a domino, there's these areas that you're trying to enclose. And once you place down a domino, you can place what you have, these little tree um, meeples all over, your, all over your player board. And what you can do is you can place down a tree and then these trees have values one, two, three, and four. Like there's large trees and all the way down to like really, really small, like shrubs. And once an area is enclosed with these animal dominoes, there is going to be um, scoring, which whoever has the majority of trees in that area is going to score the points that the little area is worth. And every area is randomly populated with these little point tiles um, at the very beginning of the game. Now we've been playing it two player. And it's very uh, much uh, a very tactile, uh, very chess-like match because you're trying to predict where is your opponent going to go with their dominoes, which areas are they trying to go for. And so, and you also got to be very strategic because once your trees are out there, you don't get them back. So you only have a very limited supply of the uh, of the, of the trees. Now, as you can get these back. You have every player has these cloud tokens, which are worth one point each if you don't use them at the end of the game. Everybody starts with six of them. So you start, you have six points right there. And then you can spend these to either, you know, get your trees back. You can take extra turns. Um, you can change every game. There's a, there's a wild card animal. Mm-hmm. And you can spend your cloud tokens to change the wild card to hopefully suit your strategy. But you have to, you're spending points in order to do that. It's been a really, it's, it's a really good 
um, abstract um, game. It, I, I, I was not, didn't have really high expectations because I really didn't know much about the game, but it was um, highly recommended by uh, uh, Jeff well, at yeah, Amazing uh, Stories. Jeff told me about this too, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, we played it. And we really, really like it. Like a two-player game takes 15, 20 minutes to play. Oh, cool. And and so what we what we actually do is we kind of do a best, we kind of do a best of three uh, when we try to decide to play this. Um yeah, it, I think I think that this would should have been in the conversation for like say like game of the year. Oh, really? Almost because it, it it's so simple and yet. I like what they do with the simply complex lineup. Mm-hmm. It's very simple to teach and learn, but there's so much depth to the gameplay that like gamers, like seasoned gamers that like Terra Mystica and stuff like that are going to probably enjoy the level of um, depth. And it's a mean game too. Like don't really get me wrong. It's very simple. It's kind of like, I've heard people very compared mean. to the estates in regards to its, uh, uh stabby stabby because i could be sitting there thinking oh yeah i've got this area locked down and then all of a sudden there's this move that comes out of nowhere and jen comes and plants down one of her big trees and steals away all of the points from that particular um scoring area and you're just like left with what just happened (laughs) (laughs) so uh re-nature and the production value of this game is through the roof like yeah, I'm looking very, at some pictures and it looks really cool. Like the tiles have some great huge, art on it. Oh, great art. And they're thick, heavy mm. chunks. I like that tactile. And like the, the meeple, the, the tree meeples are heavy, thick Ryan, wood. Treeple. I'm so disappointed you haven't called them treeples yet. There we go. It's tired. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long week and it's a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the, the only thing is that they probably could have like, you know, those cloud tokens could have probably been like, they, they chimsed out on the cloud tokens, but that's my only knock. Cause they're just little cardboard chits. They're very flimsy. Yeah. But you know what? That, that doesn't interrupt the gameplay. Right. So, oh gosh, no. So yeah, really, uh, I, this is a high recommendation on me. I might actually do a full length review on this, um, in the, in the future here. Cool. Cool. Well, that mean that leads me into my topic. I was going to do a game, but then we, prior to starting, you you switched my mind. Um, and my, it's not a game; it's a topic. And and for me, uh, I was thinking about this idea of when you go to your collection. And I mean, I got caught myself this difference between I want to play a game and I want to learn a game because I I keep catching myself where I'll pull something and go, yeah, I I have. I've yet to, you know, put this to the table. So I'll sit down and I'll open it up and I'll start reading the book. And I'm thinking to myself, I just want to play a game. I don't, I don't want to go through. I mean, I, I, that's not what I was prepared for. It's like, if you're hungry for a meal and someone brings you a burger and you're like, no, I want fish and chips. Right. It's it's just, for me, it was just that I keep catching myself off, uh, 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 off target, I guess. You guys ever get through those points? I don't want to be friends with somebody who chooses fish and chips over a burger. <laughs> so it, it, it was an example, but yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, I kind of know what you talk, you're talking about here, Norm, because there's often times where I've also like Jen might be tired or something like that, or she just wants to watch TV for a night. And I say, Oh, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to set up a game and I go down and I look at my collection and I'm like, 
oh, I haven't played this. I haven't played this one in a long time. Yeah. I want to play that. But, oh man, I think I might have to reread the rules to this. It, right? I, I might have to relearn this one. No, I'm just going to go pull out. I'm just going to pull out like Arkham Horror, the card game, because I know exactly what I have to do with that. And yeah. it's, it, the, all the rules are right there. I can just get right into playing. Now, is that is that because, again, if you have a large collection, you get caught in that conundrum? Or Ian, you have a way tighter collection. Do you ever get caught in that conundrum where you're like going to your, going to your, 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 you know, your choices and it's like, oh, I can pick whatever I want because the rule sets are fresh in my head and I'm not relearning the game and I'm just down to playing it. So, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if this is a consequence of the cult of the new tendencies. The girth. Right? Yeah. yeah. This is but, a problem of girth. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it because there's definitely, uh, Definitely games where I have to, I look at, and I'm like, I haven't played that in ages. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I remember how to play. But something I like to actually do if I'm bored on a, you know, a Saturday, Sunday morning or something is I, especially now that I'm not playing games, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm going to refresh myself on this game or this game or this game. Cause I, and I just did that with Root actually, cause I was like, I got that new expansion but I don't really know how to play that. And so if things open up again and I want to get that game to the table, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I know what to do. So I'm not in that situation. Right. Yeah. So I actually, as nerdy as it sounds, I do refresh the rules every once in a while. I'll like pick a game and just kind of, I will never call you nerdy on that. Ian is not alone in this because I catch myself doing, I do this actually quite often too. Um, it, and sometimes it's just before I'm going to bed, like, and I'm just kind of like cruising BGG on my iPad or something like that. And I'll just like, I'll click on a game and I'll just, and it's make, it's probably a game that I own. <laughs> I say like, probably like, I don't know what's exactly what's in my collection. Um, but I'll just like sit there and I'll just read the rule book and I like just find the PDF and I'll just scan and I'll just scan through it again. Like I just been um, there, there's a Twitter post where there are people are saying, asking what game do you want to play when the pandemic's over? Or what's the first game that you want to play? And I replied that I want to get a TI4 game. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if that's actually going to happen, um, yeah. I, have, I haven't played TI4 in over a year. And yeah. There's a lot of rules. So I, I, I've actually been rereading the, the TI4 rule book. Yeah. See, and, and if you can see behind me there, I have uh, Blackout Hong Kong set up and uh, started reading through that and went, ah, I don't want to learn. So I just went straight to BGA and I, I played like, six games of Lagranja. Yeah, no, I get that. Especially, yeah. I especially find that with uh, online games. I think it's really tough to learn games online. And so yes. you tend to fall back on the games you know there for sure. Yeah. I but otherwise so much- I kind of let, Sorry. Go ahead. just let the the people I'm playing with decide. Like I'm kind of, I'm fine either way, but yeah. I'll find that the people I play with are like, let's just play one that we know. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Cause we got I, lots. I so want to jump in. Like I've got, I've got my favorites on BGA <clears> and I so want to jump into one of these like games where they're, you know, waiting for, for people to join. But again, it's that whole thing. It's like, well, I'd like to play St. Petersburg, but I should maybe read the rules again. I don't want to be that player that, that is, you know, slowing things down. So I, I, once again, I'm catching myself in this, uh, I should just play something I know. Right. Yeah. So no, I yeah. get that. Fall fall on the bedtime reading. 
we should we should have a book club and it's just rule books what are you what rule book are you reading today well i'm reading blackout hong kong by alexander fister it's a very good read (laughs) it's it's a book club that'll turn more into a beer club (laughs) (laughs) part of me's like wait wait i think there's something i think there's something good there we should have a a board game book club (laughs) a rule book club so yeah, well, that would, that I, was, I would be very surprised if this would actually be a that this could actually be a thing. Oh man, you've got you've got my interest peaked. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll start it on Twitter. We'll we'll start it as like a little Twitter thing. Yeah. Yeah. The board, the board game, game book rule club. club. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. I'll I'll get that going, and we'll see. We'll see. Okay, <laughs> what are you reading right now? <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll be on like a Goodreads app or something. Uh, so that's that's what I've been thinking about, and I, I think ruminating was more <laughs> the word than just thinking. So, yay! Should you just play a game or should you just learn one? That's the conundrum. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. And we are back. This is now the Topics of Interest section, and this is part of the Mechanics series, and it's Ryan's turn. So, Ryan, why don't you introduce us the mechanic, mechanism, mechanics that you uh, wish to uh, impart on us? Explore this time around. Because last time we talked about worker placement, and I or maybe realized that I had a lot of worker placement games <laughs> in, my, in my collection. And so then when I was looking at it too, I found out that one of my favorite things that I like to do in games is drafting. And so I, and I, when I was looking through my collection, I, I realized that I actually own quite a bit of games that involve drafting. But it makes sense. I do actually enjoy um, games that involve drafting. Now, when I was actually doing my research into drafting too, I realized, I don't, oh, I didn't realize that drafting can actually, well, I kind of broke it down into only two terms. These are mm-hmm. the kind of like the two most common things that um, I saw when it comes to drafting, where there, there's a difference between what they refer to as open drafting and closed drafting. Now, a lot of gamers, I think, would, um, if you hear the word, um, I, this game has drafting in it, a lot of people are going to think about the term, uh, it's going to be a closed draft. Now, this would be like, say, on here, I'll, I'll, I'll read what the definition yeah, of sure. closed yeah. drafting is. It says, it just says, it's a means of distributing cards or other game elements to players through an ordered closed selection process. Typically what we refer to as select and pass or pick and pass. And closed means hidden information, right? Kind of thing. Infor- hidden information and also the... Um, the economy, like yeah. say the, the the cards, it's closed. There's nothing else is getting added to the yeah. drafting and the selection process. Yeah. Okay. Um, a typical implemented implementation involves each player being dealt the same number of items, and players select one or maybe more items to keep, and then pass the rest 
either to their left or to the right, depending on what the game is involving. And this continues until all the items have been selected or discarded or something like that. One of the big ones, probably one of the biggest drafting games that we probably all know about is a game called Seven Wonders. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the first games that people will get introduced to in, in the terms of drafting mechanics. Is That's a pure... Yeah, um, it's a good entry-level uh, game for that drafting idea, yeah. And it's been also set up to that it, um, it, it encompasses a wide variety of players too. There's a closed market of cards um, in each age. There's three ages to the Seven Wonders. And like, if you're playing with three players, there's a set of cards that you play with just three players. And now if you want to open it up to five players, there's a set of cards that you would use for five players. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then you, everybody gets dealt the same amount of cards. Everybody picks one, passes it. And then each age, it, the direction that you pass, your neighbors that you pass to um, changes. So that's a, that's a big one. You guys fans of Seven Wonders? I know Ian's a fan of Seven Wonders. Massive fan. Yeah, I, I like it. It's it's a very good streamlined kind of uh, streamlined rule set that you get playing right away. And it's one of these easy to learn, difficult to master. One thing that, um, uh, dra- that I like about um, closed drafting is that it takes a while to figure out what your opponents are wanting to select. Because um, that's why that's one thing that I really enjoy about drafting games is what I like to refer to as or what people refer to as hate drafting. <laughs> <laughs> and in closed drafts. Well, okay, wait, explain hate the concept okay. of hate. Because oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. remember Rob said don't, not don't, everybody don't knows assume. what cooperative means, right? Yeah. So so hate drafting <laughs> is, is is a term where hey, I see that I have a hand of cards and Oh man! If I give Norm this one card, it's gonna it's gonna boost his economy, or it's gonna give him so many points, or it's gonna do something. It's a power card for me. Super beneficial for him. I'm gonna draft that card. I'm gonna keep that card. It may have no value to me, but I'm just gonna I just taking it away from Norm because you're taking the value away from me. Yeah. In a closed draft, that takes time to develop because in the initial rounds or the initial drafting, you have no idea what people are going for. You don't know what they're developing or strategy is coming to be. Well, I don't know, Ian, are you at that level with Seven Wonders where where I've seen players know exactly where every card is as it's swinging around the table? As far as they're, you know, it's like, oh, I know that this card is now, you know, coming around to me. Oh, here it is. And Oh, I don't pay that much attention. <laughs> yeah. But Brian, I think you told me about that, that there's some people that were just like... I, so I played, I played in an official Seven Wonders tournament at Falcon. Like it was official. Like Asmodee reps were there. These are the big Seven Wonders big wigs. They're running this tournament, and I got seated at a table. It was a five-player game. Uh, I was seated at a table, and there was a player. And every time that he got his hand of cards, he had to do some sort of mnemonic device or some sort of memory coding thing. And he tracked the cards as they went around the table. And he knew exactly who had what and who should. And <laughs> this is the thing. He also was figured out what each person should play to benefit them. So he's quarterbacking uh, on, on, the he, whole game. Are you saying he was actually recording this? Like well, he went, writing it down? 
No, no, no. Oh, no that, his memory. He, he, he was keeping track in his head. Oh, okay. What was going on? So, <clears throat> first of all, good for him. I don't have the attention span to no. do to, to do something like that. Sorry, but what then were you to saying? throw him. <laughs> <laughs> but then to throw him off, I figure that there's no way in the heck that I'm going to win this game, or I'm going to be even competitive in this tournament. That's right. Every time you that I, every time him. that I. Every time that I got a hand of cards, I just put it down, face down, and I just picked one at random. Oh, jeez, he must and, have hated you. And he's like, w- w- what are you doing? I'm like, mm, I'm just picking a card and I'm playing it. Oh, can't play that card. Discard it for three coins. Oh, dear. <laughs> and, and how much did his face twitch? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, well, this game's ruined. Maybe for you. I'm having a blast. <laughs> I, I found a different game to play now. And the funny thing is I came in third. <laughs> but anyways. That's, that's like those people at the blackjack tables who you're sitting beside and they get mad when you don't do exactly what they expect you to do. Uh, like, oh, I'll, you stole I'll, my I'll, card. I'll take another card. No, don't take another card. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Close drafting has so so seven wonders is one of the one of the big ones that we can get into, and then we can I've got a list of games in here that we can I can probably talk about I don't know what your guys's familiarity with some of these other ones, um, another one that's kind of along the same lines of seven wonders almost kind of like a seven wonders light, is a favorite in our household which is called sushi go, yeah, yeah. another this is a pure um, closed draft where the at the beginning of every round. There's not a set number of cards that you use for different player counts, but you just are just dealt. Every player is dealt as a, a set number of cards, depending on the player count. Yeah. And those are the ones that are going to get passed around the table. And it's just a very simple set collecting. So two of these equals five points or three yeah. of these equals 10 points type of deal. Sushi Go is oh, it's fantastic. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, we, it's, sorry, go ahead, Ian. I think I think you introduced this to us, Ryan, if I remember. Yeah, so I and, for the longest time I had the original. I just had Sushi Go, and then they came out with Sushi Go Party. Yeah, yeah the party which, edition, which, which I kind of like really like because it changes up every game. You can change up the uh, what sets of cards you are shuffling together and dealing out. Mm-hmm. Was, and of was, course, more cards is better. Oh yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. The variety unsleeved. <laughs> Unsleeved cards as many as you can get. <laughs> I, f- I feel like I'm going to need some therapy. <laughs> I need an intervention. <laughs> um, an- another another cool closed drafting type of game. Um, and I, I know I think each of you have played this one too. Is is Citadels? I haven't played Citadels. No. Yes. yes. Oh, you haven't, Ron? No, no. It's this a is classic. on my list. You gotta get I, it. I know. I know. Now, now Citadels is is a little bit different. It's not a it, it's a pick and pass, but not everybody's dealt the same number of cards. Um, it starts off whoever the first player is, they get all the roles that have been selected for that particular round. So they have all of the roles and then they pick a role and then they pass them to the next player. And then that person picks a role, passes them on until all of the roles have been um, distributed. This this type of closed draft is is one that, I would say requires a lot of um, planning and um, design process behind because giving one player, all of the cards at the, at the front Mm -hmm. and having, they have the ultimate choice. They have the choice of anything they want. Yeah. And then that diminishes depending on where you're seated in player order based on that. Cause the last person to pick a card 
they're only going to get pick one of probably two options. And so, that's, and so that person, the later in the round that the, that person's kind of like forced into, Oh, which, which, which one's the lesser of two evils. Right. Um, yeah. So the, I would say lots of balancing needs to take place, but I think Citadels does it fantastically. Well, the thing is with Citadels is that being able to take the first card is it's a choice you have to make, right? Because one of is it the king or one of the card? I can't remember the cards now, but one of the cards lets you go first again, right? And so you can kind of keep that position as long as you want, as long as you keep taking that card every time. But you don't want to do that. Eventually, you want to do different things, and so you'll have to give it up at some yeah. point. Because if you keep picking the same role, well, there's the other role that's called the assassin, mm-hmm. and all the assassin has to do is call out one of the roles and whoever picked that role that essentially doesn't get to take their turn or they essentially don't get to do anything on their turn because their their character has been assassinated well, for that, that for that doesn't turn. sound like fun <laughs> it's a blast oh, it's, it's, it's a blast <laughs> trying to figure out it's like oh i'm pretty sure ian picked the king this time the um, i picked the assassin i'm gonna make sure that i'm gonna try to make sure that ian doesn't get his and then Ian didn't then, even pick the king. And then Jen picks the king, and now Ryan is sleeping on the couch. <laughs> Yet another game goes. <laughs> um, one thing that's uh, like uh, on in the show notes, uh, uh, a game that's not on your list that I think um, has has right to be there because it's got the age, and it's got one of your favorite designers, and and the game's Notre Dame by Stefan Feld, because Notre Dame. I forgot that Notre Dame is yeah. a draft is a draft. And I think it's like one of the early ones. Like I think it predates Seven Wonders too. So that yeah, was I, that's one of my favorite ones because those establish your actions for that round. And it's just yeah, pivotal. Because you pick your starting three cards. Yeah. And now, but you're you're gonna take your starting cards and you're gonna pass them to your next the the opponent next to you. Yeah, and they're and gonna forgive you. And your you're just cards. drafting is three cards, and it's a it's a tight little draft. But man, those are tough decisions. Yeah, that is one that I did not put in my list, but yes, that one definitely is um is is, is drafting, and it's different because it's quite a bit a different one because it's not a pure closed draft because um. That's going to change. The variability in Notre Dame is amazing because the your starting three cards is going to be different mm-hmm. every every time. And everybody, yeah. I think you everybody's going to have a different three because they just pull from their deck, right? Yeah. So so you don't you don't know what the the uh, the ratios are or the the how, you know what the draft is populated with. Yeah, so. unlike something like Seven Wonders, where I know what are the three play I know what the three player card yeah. games are. Yeah. Um, or the three player cards are um, Notre Dame at the very beginning. I, oh, I know what I picked. Yeah. I have no idea what the other players picked for this draft. Yeah. Which is, yeah. That's a really kind of interesting one too. Cool. Uh, a couple more that I'm going to just kind of bring up here. I have no idea if you folks have played blood rage <laughs> and blood rage. It was one of my favorite games when it first came out. It was fantastic. It took, it took two elements that I never thought would ever blend together in a board game where it was, it was, it's a dudes on the map area control area, majority type of game, but how you select your actions is that you have to draft cards every age. And so you, and you're when you're, 
drafting cards, you're actually drafting upgrades to your troops or you're drafting monsters that you're going to play or you're drafting strategies for that stra- round uh, okay, yeah. and, and, and end of end of round scoring opportunities. You're drafting all of these different things. Uh, and then you play your cards down by just using an action point system, but you have to draft all the cards at, at the beginning of every, every age. And that is, this is also one that you have no idea what's going to be in each game. Because there's uh, there's a stack of age one cards, and you only select so many out of that deck depending on how many players there are in the game. Um, but once you've figured it out, once you've started picking and passing, and when it finally gets around to you, you've seen all the cards. It's just like any other closed draft. So, uh, have you managed to cha- play uh, Ian? No, for some reason we never did end up playing. Because that's one of the games where you're like, oh, we got to play this, we got to play this, and it just never happened. Just never happened. Yeah, it's the the drafting takes the front seat because the drafting is what sets up your strategy, and the, it sets up what you're going to be able to do um, during a current during the during the current age. Hmm. And so it's really 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 quite neat. And people have started formulating. Well, if you draft these sets of, if you're able to draft these sets of cards, you can go for this strategy. But if you draft these sets of cards. You can you can go with this strategy. Yeah, we should play it sometime. Yeah, I think you would really enjoy because you you really enjoy kind of you like you enjoy Cyclades or Cyclades. I have no idea how you guys pronounce it. Cyclades. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, um, yeah, blood. I think you would. I think you would probably enjoy Blood Rage if you enjoyed like like Cyclades and Kemet and stuff like that. It it fits it fits right in there too. Another little one that I'm just going to bring up is very quickly. It's not actually not even in my collection anymore because we kind of got bored of it already. But Bunny Kingdom is another game that uh, it encompasses drafting. And what you're doing is you're drafting spots on the board to play down. Like it's a big board. I think it's like a, oh, I don't even know now. It's like a 15 by 15 gridded. And all you're doing is you're just drafting each little single space that you can put down a marker. And then if you're able to connect areas together, you get points and stuff like that. I, I don't know. We only played it a few times and then I got rid of it because we were like, uh, I think we've seen everything that this game has to offer, mm-hmm. but how you, but how you get all your pieces to the puzzle and how you get your pieces on the, on the boards, you draft all of the cards okay. to it. So, yeah, that one doesn't interest me at all. No. So, yeah, <laughs> closed closed drafting. It, now, as opposed to closed drafting, um, an- another area that I never really thought about, but I, when I read the definition, I'm like, yeah, it, this is this is a drafting mechanic, and that's being referred to as the what they refer to as the open draft. And what they refer to as an open draft is that it's a it's used in games in which players pick, they say cards, tiles resources, dice, whatever you want um, from a common pool to gain some advantage and to assemble collections that are used to meet um, objectives within the game. One that automatically came up to my mind is a game called Azul. And Azul is um, an abstract um, tile laying game where all of the tiles for a round are dispersed amongst all of these circular discs. And every circular disc has a number of tiles out. I think it's like four or something like that. And what you do is kind of go around the table and you pick. 
you pick all of, you pick, let's say a, a certain, you choose a certain color and you take all of that certain color off of a tile. And so then, yeah, so essentially it, it is where we are drafting just like we were drafting cards, but they call it open because all of the information is open to players for the current round. Everybody can see that these are the tiles that are in play and okay, I'm going to pick these ones and Ian's going to maybe pick those ones and Norm's going to go pick those ones. And then again, so I, so, so the fact of that open draft means it's open information. Everybody can see what's, what's, what's going on. But it's still like a take turns. um, Selecting something. To select something. Yeah. Yeah. So like much like seven wonders and all those other ones we were just talking about, we are taking turns selecting cards and this one we are select. You could be selecting cards like in uh, another open draft game here that's been listed is Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah, which, right. which Ian's just met, uh, recently mentioned on a previous on a previous episode. The cards I like this one too because it's not completely open information. Well, I was just going to say, aren't are there some down. that are? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, so they kind of make they make cool integration. Yeah, so some are face up, and th- so there's some open information, but some are face down, and that's kind of like the strategy of Seven Wonders Duel is trying to force your opponent to reveal those cards for your turn. Right. So you, you could possibly gain their benefits. The um, Again, one that's uh, not on the list, and I just want to throw this out there so we can quickly put it through your, your, your filters here. Um, Nations. Nations has that card drafting system, but you use, you use a, uh, money in, in which column you want to buy, right? So... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. With that I'm, grid I'm trying system. to think about because it's been it's been many many years. Well, I, well since that I've me too. Nations. Yeah, and I and then it's uh, I used to have it and and I think I sold it to Jeff, but I was always intrigued by that card drafting mechanism, where there was that grid pattern and it was always the last row would fall. Yes. Right, and then yes. in the columns, you you would uh, you would draft according to I think it was a monetary value or. Or according to uh, how many, what was the strength of your meeple purchasing power? Something like something like that. But I always that one always intrigued me. Right now, the, the, this is one we can probably converse with after we've done a few of these examples, mm-hmm. because lots of times um, in drafting in drafting games, um, there's no cost in associate in, in associating. And when I pick something like. I have the free will to choose that something. Um, and then I can do something with like, like I don't have to play it. Like sometimes yeah. when I like in seven wonders, I have to have a prerequisite to play that card, but I can still pick that card to do something else mm-hmm. um, with it. Um, lots well, it's of not lo- like, it's not like um, uh, suburbia where you're choosing out of a, a market. Like that's not what we're talking about here, right? Where you have to pay for what you want. That's a little different. I would think. Yeah. Now there's a lot of, there's a lot of people like when they say with this open drafting um, there's been a lot, there's a lot of back and forth that go around um, games that have markets is mm-hmm. a market game, a drafting game. Like, and, and, and in, my, in my opinion, I think more for drafting games, you should be able to pick anything at any time and be able to do something with it. Like if, if, I can't choose the last five tiles in suburbia because I don't have enough money. Yeah. 
I don't think that that's a drafting game because I can't pick any of those. Because of the restrictions. There's a, yeah. there's, there's a bit harsher restriction, I think, on a market yeah. of, of cards. Um, Plus, you got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> I, I, we just call it restrictive so. drafting. <laughs> But but they're but they're there. I think they do encompass like markets as like a subsection of being able to draft. But there's like an economy that's associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, another game that I know that that I do know that you guys have played that is a good um, open drafting game where the the market of cards that you can always pick from all the time is current current always fluctuating is point salad. Yeah. And point salad is a really neat drafting game where you're drafting. You can you can either draft um, the vegetables cards, or you draft your point scoring opportunity. Yeah, and and there's there's no cost associated with anything. You just always have you have to pick something. You either pick two vegetables or you pick a point scoring. And hate drafting can happen in this one too. <laughs> <laughs> if I see that Ian's collecting lots of carrots and that point that carrot point card is sitting right there i i can't let ian take that point that carrot point card you just made me realize that even though i played this game and we had an and i remember playing it and having a heck of a lot of fun with it i don't actually remember how it works i, I i'm drawing a complete okay remember you, how the game oh, works you have three yeah. columns um you have uh the uh, uh, in each column there's three vegetables below that column and on the top of the column is the stack of cards that shows the potential scoring. Right. And every okay. time a card is pulled out of that draft, that potential scoring card flips over and becomes a vegetable. Right. And then you just go until, and again, typical draft, you just go until the cards are gone. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just don't know what are going to be available because yeah. there's a big old stack of cards and there's a variance number of cards that are in each player count kind of a really neat game and the synergy the potential synergy or lack of synergy uh, with the with the decks that you create yeah yeah that's a great one and it's yeah. got a smooth rule set like there's no cognitive load there's no thinking too hard it's smooth like uh sushi go mm-hmm. yeah now one of my favorite drafting games of all time is grand austria hotel oh yeah and this one doesn't this one doesn't use cards but this one you are drafting dice and what the dice do is that once at the beginning of every round, you draw the dice and every pip value is associated with a certain action. And so when you roll the mid full of dice, you might have like, say, like three ones, two twos, a couple fives, a six. And those are your actions. And so now the ones are associated with this one particular action. Now, if there's three ones there and I decide I'm going to take a one, well, however many dice are there, corresponds to the strength of that action. So if it's gathering resources, well, if there's three dice there, I get to have get three resources now. Now, when it comes to Norm's term, there's only two ones now. If he decides he wants to take a one, he can only gather two resources now based off of that. So the number, so the draft happens by selecting the actions and then the strength of those actions decrease as dice are being drafted around the around the table really kind of really really kind of cool my favorite version of of that idea of removing options from the draft is fleet the dice game 
where you roll that set of dice and each person looks at what's available to them and removes that from the market. Then it's the next turn, uh, the next player's turn with a reduced market. And uh, that that's so tension filled. Right. Cause if you, the, the pressure is on you, if you are the first person to select, <laughs> yeah. you better, you better make it a good one. Yeah. Um, and I put in a side note here. Um, these style of games like to use what's referred to as a snake draft. And by a snake draft means if there's three of us in the game, um, I'll call us one, two, and three, the order in drafting appears player one, player two, player three, then player three, player two, player one again. So they call it kind of snake, the, the, the drafting, uh, the selecting of the action snakes around. And Most people will be familiar with this with um, Settlers of Catan with picking your initial initial <gasps> placements, yeah. right? I thought you were going to say fantasy football. <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but picking your two original spots goes mm-hmm. in snake draft for Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the benefit, if you're going first, well, you got first crack, but you, I mean, to get your second one, you're going to be waiting for the garbage left over, right? Exactly. Right. And that that's a great thing because Settlers of Catan has been listed as a draft. Now, the only part of the game that is the drafting is that initial right. setup. And that's where a lot of the snake drafting actually occurs is usually during setups of of games uh another game that i'd like to play is called whistle stop and at the very beginning of the game you draft your initial placements of your trains and those are their starting positions for the rest of the for the rest of the game now would five tribes initiative order be a draft no, I, I think that, no, because you're that, throwing that, money into it. Yeah, right? that, that's an auction. Ah, yes, that's yeah. right. That's right, because you're attributing an economy to that. So it's yeah. not free. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, another another, vid- another dice. Oops, sorry. Sorry, viticulture. That is a that initiative track. That's a initiative track dra- is a draft. drafting scenario because you need to value the position of that initiative order compared to what that reward is in context of what your game uh, you know that turn strategy so yeah you're as also long as you're one turn ahead of ryan you're okay <laughs> every time it happens every time folks ian always it doesn't matter i think i think it just internally just says okay ryan went there i have to go here now i have to go one turn ahead of him <laughs> yeah but viticulture is a really good one because that's a, that's a worker placement game and yeah that drafting of your turn order for the for the season or for mm-hmm. the round. And for those who don't know, each position of the track has a reward associated with it. And as you mm-hmm. go lower down the track, um, and again, I see this, this compensation a lot. If you're, if you're lower in the draft, your compensation is greater than if you're first or second. First or second, sometimes like you have, your compensation is that you get to go first. Okay? Yeah. So I, I, I like that. Yeah. Now I'm going to go back to the snake drafting thing because another game that I use is this snake draft with dice. That's one of our favorite games is Sagrada or like I like to call it's a Sudoku with dice <laughs> type, type of game. And it's got that where if you're the first player of the round, you get the first pick of the dice and then it goes like one, two, three, three, two, one. And so your first pick better be one that you want. 
because by the time it gets back to you, your choices are going to be very limited. And these are one of those ones it you're not compensated for having, having to draft like last because you got the, I guess the compensation was you got the pick first. Yeah. Um, type of deal. Um, yeah. So, so that was, that one was Sagrada. Other one that I thought about that was, it wasn't listed in the drafting ones, but I think it does fit is King Domino. Oh yeah. One of my, oh, one, sure of my ass, one, one, of, one of my absolutely worst games that I can ever play, <laughs> but every turn you are drafting the tile that you are going to play. And it, depending which tile you draft depends on that. And then that sets the turn order for the, next round of drafting of tiles. If you drafted a lower tile, you get to go first. Yeah. In, in the next unlike other games, that's that's it. That's the game. Like that's your turn, right? Yeah. Picking those tiles is the game. Yeah. And you're trying to get those tiles to synergize with all the other tiles that you've placed because you want the like terrain types. And you could get absolutely boned like I do. In the end, in the end game, because I have to draft this one tile, and I that tile is not going to fit on my board. <laughs> I cannot match the terrain types, and now I've just wasted a, I've wasted a turn. Yep. I've got a. Should I bring up a few? Because I thought of a few Absolutely. for this open draft. Yeah. Okay, so one that I thought should fit this quite well. It's got a bit of a twist to it. Is Zulu Reto. I don't. So I haven't played that. Zulu Reto, you're building your zoo, but you have to bring animals in on the trucks. And so the way that it works is there's, depending on how many players there are, there's that many trucks out and you're drawing tiles um, of animals and you put them somewhere on the truck, but everybody's going to get a truck. But the twist here is that you can take that truck at any time, or you can leave it and try to get more stuff on it, but then you risk the chance of somebody else taking it on their turn. Mm. So it's kind of like a broken up uh, drafting because you're not, it's not a strict, you you take one, then you take one, then you take one. It's you choose when you take one, but everybody's going to get a truck. Of there's, a, there's, yeah. there's a little bit of push your luck. Right. It was like, when do I take the truck? Because if I, if I keep leaving it, it could get better, yeah. but then yes, somebody else could also take it. Yeah. That's a very cool twist on the drafting um, um, mechanic. Yeah. Cool. This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge from right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. And then a couple others I thought that where the, the drafting isn't the main part of the game, but it there is an aspect. Uh, the first one, even though it's not a main part, I would say it's sort of the fulcrum of the round, and that would be La Granja. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're the dice that are rolled determine you know what what actions you can take or what bonuses you get but you draft which ones right so everybody yeah. takes a dice and you go around and everybody's going to get something well and and then uh, no siesta was there was there they took that dice mechanism and turned it into a roll and rate that's right oh, okay yeah yeah 
Yeah, and that, and that's a that's a dice drafting game. You're selecting the dice that, yeah. that are much like fleet the dice game. Yeah, you roll yeah. it and then you pick whichever you want, and it's out of that market. Right. Yeah, I I found that that there are some games out there that do incorporate there'll be a draft as part of the gameplay. Yeah. Um, some of somewhere. And um, then, yep. The other one I thought of is Biblios. With Biblios is kind of yeah. it's interesting because yeah. you're drawing yeah. a hand of cards. And you always, and what happens is you have to take a card and then you have to put one for another round, but then all the other cards, you have exactly enough cards for the other players. And so you put them out on the table face up so everybody can see. And then each of the player has to take one of those cards in turn order. Yeah. I like how you, you as the, the, the player whose turn it is, you get to determine uh, how the draft plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cool thing about that is, like, if there's a four-player game, there's going to be four cards. Um, you, but you have to reveal them one at. Like, I'm not looking at all four cards yeah. and be like, yeah. "Oh, this one's mine." And you these have to determine as they're coming out. You have to flip them up one at a time, and that's a rule. That's that's tension. Yeah, right there, and that's a push your luck thing. Like, ooh, this is a good one, but there's could be something better for me. Do I? Yeah. Do or I you take mean, it? or you could pull a hand where they're all hot cards, and you're just like, ah, "It's Christmas for everybody." <laughs> <laughs> That's a really cool one. Yeah, I I forgot about Biblios, and that is a very interesting take. And it's on another the one that plays drafting. fast too. And it also adds the repertoire of Ian actually knowing a lot more drafting games than he let on. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, once you opened up the open drafting, that yeah, that opens up a lot more. A lot more yeah. games. Now, here, here's a one. Here's a cool one that I, I put as a point, and and I and I can totally see it because um, people consider that although it's also a route building game and a set collecting game, but Ticket to Ride is a drafting game. It has a draft mechanism in it. Yeah, absolutely. You have that. Does open, it though? You have that. Does, open does the fact card. that it replenishes kind of ruin that though? See, that's where I want to have the conversation about because there, a lot of people argue that there's that open market of cards. And it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything. Just you could just take two cards. You could, or you could take off the. Now, the one part that really cruxes is that you can draw off the top of of, of the deck as well. Yeah, which is. But, it, but there is that open market. Yeah. There is that open kind of like we we call it the market, but there is that set set of cards where. Um, you you can select it and you can also have that possibility of neglecting somebody else like oh norm I, he's been collecting red cards i'm going to collect some red cards so that norm doesn't get any more red cards has that little bit of aspect to it yeah and i i would say that it's a legitimate it, spice in the game for sure it, so the, 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 this this one, this one's on the edge of our fringe <laughs> this one's on the edge i would say of the um it's not a pure drafting Again, it's arguing semantics because who yeah. cares if it's a good game or not, what exactly category falls under. But I think the fact that you replenish the cards before the next player's turn kind of, I think that's the, that's, that's nip the it in the bud point. for the argument. That's yeah. the asterisk for you? I think so. Yeah. It's creating more opportunities afterwards. Uh-huh. I can see that. Um, a lot of the... I, I've I've seen a lot of people with this with the deck with the deck building genre, but you have to usually, pay though. Isn't that the case? Yeah, you true. have to pay, yeah. and some and some of these other things where that that market like we just described, that market gets replenished. Yeah. By by the time, um, 
Fort does it kind of interesting too, because you can actually take those cards away from somebody else that didn't, that didn't play them as well. And so there's the kind of like an open market of cards that other people can draft from that. Uh, anyways, we're now, now, now we're just getting the other, like Ian said, we're now, we're, just getting into semant- we're now we're getting into semantics. <laughs> yeah. One of the last um, drafting games I want to bring up is um, one that I, I really found really, really quite intriguing. It's not very well known. This is one of the games that I brought up in our um, uh, Hidden Gems episode. And this is a game called Elysium. Oh, yes. And, and, and Elysium's got a really neat drafting mechanic where every player has these um, uh, four tokens. And they're, they're different colors. There's black, blue, yellow, and red. I think those are the colors and all the cards that are in this market that you're going to draft from um, have some color restrictions to them that says the player, if you on your turn, if you want to take this one card, you have to have a blue token in front of yourself. So if you have a blue token, you can take that card. You can draft that card. And now after you draft a card, you have to get rid of one of your tokens doesn't have to be the color that you drafted. Like say, if it was a blue, if this card required a blue token, I drafted, I don't have to get rid of my blue token. I can get rid of anything else. And essentially what you're going to do is you're going to draft cards until you've ran out of tokens. And so you're kind of, your pool of options kind of gets a little bit smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. but so is everybody else's. And everybody has the exact same, that market does like, like we just the restraints are common to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always just, there's always one more card than the number of players in the market. So even if you're the last person to draft, um, you're still going to get the pick from two. And it's got that snake draft where it's going to be the one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three, three, two, one um, aspect to it. Cool. It's really quite a neat one. And then there's also, it's a decision once you've drafted the card, whether or not I'm going to keep the card for its ability, uh, its powerful ability, or I'm going to take the card for end of game scoring purposes. You have to Mm. kind of make a decision when you draft the card, which one is, which one are you going to do with it? Cool. Kind of. I think one of the big uh, bonuses of these games is that you kind of get that feeling that you always get something, whether it's exactly what you want or not, but is that, you know, you're going to get something every time you do this. And there's, I don't know, there's a bit of a satisfaction to that. I think when you're, when you're building your engine or building whatever it is that you're building in that. Yeah. Game. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that because you're never going to get locked out of now. You, there might be an option where you're not going to, it might not be your optimal thing like in seven wonders. Oh, I can't do anything with this card other than discard it for three dollars. You right. still got something out of it. You kind of get this shopping rush. <laughs> Yay, I got something. And something for free. <laughs> now, and, and you got you you also have that idea that at any time you can you can affect everybody what everybody else is doing. Oh right? you have that knowledge in the back of your head after maybe a couple rounds of went by right. and you've kind of seen what people have. like a seven wonders tournament <laughs> <laughs> just keep just keep stabbing that one away <laughs> but yeah after that information has gotten out there if the your hand of cards has now made it around back to you now you've kind of you've seen the information that's in the in the game now mm-hmm. and now you can maybe start formulating uh formulating a, a strategy which kind of brings you to my last point, because I know we're just, we're almost out of time here for today's episode. Um, 
I brought up there and I saw a thread that where it said games that are made better and input or not um, when incorporating a draft. Because some people like to have, they, they, don't, they don't enjoy that randomness of just drawing five cards off the top of the deck and those are my cards for the round. Mm-hmm. Um, I could get screwed by that randomness. People, some people don't like that. Yeah, I like that it and, mitigates that whole. And yeah. so some games have usually in the back of the rule book will have a drafting variant where it says, hey, if you don't like that randomness, try playing it with a draft where you draw the cards, pick one, and do a closed draft. Just pick one and pass and pass them around. And so one okay, of the games. Let's get into this. I always have. Yeah. My, I already have my argument for the or not part. Yeah, me too. Go ahead. <laughs> what are we talking about first? We're ready. We're ready to refute anything he okay. says. I, I, wait, wait, no, I'm. I'm. I got to preface this that I don't 100% agree. This, this no, no. was just the topic that no. I found. And so one of them. And I know because Ian really likes this game is terraforming Mars. Yeah. And so a lot of people do not like the randomness of the cards that you draw at the beginning of every round. And so they say draft the cards so that they can you can kind of pick some cards for your strategy. Right. Counterpoint. That's going to make this already really long game. <laughs> yes. Even way it's longer. A, it's such a double-edged sword, but you're right. It it takes care of you being able to dial in your strategy before the game even starts, but the other edge of the sword, you've just doubled your time of the game. Yeah, you've had, and and some the argument I've heard the arguments is like, well, it actually doesn't add that much time. You just do a really quick draft. <laughs> no, you're doing that every single turn and you don't know what the players you're playing with is necessarily how how into it they're going to get, how much they're going to have to think about this. Have you ever played the draft variant with me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I am reading every single card and got to figure, okay, does that one work? Nope. That one doesn't work. Does this one? No, that doesn't work. And then this this is taking time folks. And then if you're the meta player, you're looking at your hand and you're looking at everybody else's tableau and you're, you're, uh, you're assessing the positives and negatives of every card choice. And I, I've played, and that's why I'm, I mean, I haven't played um, Terraforming Mars in years. And that's because that whole, ah, oh, this is getting longer than an 18XX game, you guys. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretentious choice to go with the drafting in Terraforming Mars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Long time listener Lane, who's a, who's a buddy of mine. He, uh, he loves the drafting mechanism in Terraforming Mars. He, because he, he doesn't really like getting screwed by that randomness. Yeah, but I, no, I keep fighting him on that. I do not want to do it. Too much time. <laughs> I just now, want to get into the game. Exactly. I do not want to wait on people every single turn like that. Now, now, Ian, I got another game on here that I know you really enjoy. Um, do you ever play with the drafting variant for Agricola? So here's the thing with Agricola. The reason it's different than terraforming Mars is because you're really only doing the drafting once. Right? Yep. It's at the beginning of the game. And so it's a little bit more palatable there, but I would say only do it in certain circumstances where a, every player is more or less on the same level and B every player is actually experienced because there's no point in even bothering if the players aren't that experienced in the game, because they're yeah. not going to know what the cards do anyway. Yeah. yeah. And if you, and if there's some imbalance between the players, like my friend Brett has, he, when we used to play Agricola, we haven't played that much anymore, but he played 
online, like on his app all the time. And he was very, very good at it. And so whenever, if we do the drafting, well, he would destroy because he knew exactly what the cards he wanted to take were. And if you have that little bit of an imbalance, well, they're going to get exactly what they need and mm. blow you out of the water. Yeah. That's why I play Agricola solo. And I still <laughs> screw myself in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, there, there is that interesting counterpoint of, yeah, the, the, the draft could make, could make the game more strategic and, and mitigate that randomness of the draws. But just like Ian said, it, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily making the game better. Like what's going um, a game that I play um, seasons, exact same point. Um, you are only draft. You're only drafting at the very beginning of the game. You're only drafting your nine cards at the very beginning of the game, but that draft can take forever ever if you're playing with um, people who are know what they're doing and know what they're looking for and trying to figure out what those strat what those synergies between the cards are seeing for me with that kind of gamer group you've for me you've crossed that line from just a social game to like a like a tournament competition level game <laughs> right i mean i think that's where you got to determine it's like is this just for fun or are we are like are we dropping the gloves and it's just like okay yeah. We're putting the the blackout under the eyes, and we're playing we're playing board games. Like I mean, that's another element to me going into all of this stuff too. It's like, what's the expectation of everybody at the at the table? Because I've had some people just lose it in terraforming Mars when when it's like you can't let them have these cards. Who's who's letting these cards get to this person? And it's just like just that happens in Seven Wonders. Why are we letting Ian get all the science? Yeah. Who's not taking the science? Well, Ryan, you didn't take any science. I'm not sitting to Ian's immediate left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's to me, that's that's when you start getting into that. I mean, that argument of of like alpha gamers. Well, it's not a it's not a difficult problem. Just stop inviting them to the table. <laughs> <laughs> so that's drafting. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts or things that you want to throw into it? Is there any other games that I missed? You guys brought up some good ones. I am yeah, starting to think about it. And it's like, hmm. yeah, I keep thinking about it. I'm looking kind of like, oh, is that drafting? Or is that is that our fringe? Is that our onto our fringe? I think we're starting to push, yeah, push the boundaries on this. Yeah. I think then I think we're okay. And I apologize to anybody that I called pretentious, but <laughs> I only consider you scum compared to Krusty. <laughs> Well, and, and obviously, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that that their eyes are twitching because, I mean, games that we might have missed or games that 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 we don't agree or disagree. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. hey, it's it's just subjective opinions, and you know, we're conjecture, <laughs> and we're trying to keep this to a brown an hour, folks. <laughs> yeah. We're like really trying. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So that's uh, that's drafting. That's one of my favorite game mechanisms. Awesome. Well, um, I think I'm up next, and I, I haven't really hit down what mechanism I'm going to go with, but I guess we'll find out. So, um, I, oh, I think we know, Norm. And all I say is get ready for some good old Monopoly and Game of Life talk. Roll and everybody. move, baby. Roll and move. Bring back the popper. Bring back the popper. Yeah. Oh, I got it in the, in the next room. I'm so embarrassed. Um, uh, if you've made it this far... I'll buy you a coffee uh, because uh, we're getting to the end of the episode, as Ryan said. And thank you so much for listening. And as we always do, wrapping up, uh, I've been your host, Norm. 
I'm Ryan, and that roll up the rim stuff nowadays, baloney. <laughs> and I'm Ian. And we'll catch you later. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek Guild number 3039.